This is The Hard Move. Prepare for the worst with us this week as Jen and I show our boundless enthusiasm, learn what it is to be ourselves, and kiss someone dangerous when we hit the beacon's drives. Kiss someone dangerous. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm having that moment. Um, in the galaxy brain meme when like you go for like a scene or two <laughs> yeah. or a session or I two. I want to earn my Lamborghini. Yeah, ex- cool, you have a solar system. Drives is Pluto. My name is Sydney Chris. My pronouns are they them and I'm an RPG designer and descriptivist. My guest today approaches design in a way that uh, can only be described as infectious joy. She's responsible for one of my favourite pieces of graphic design in games, which is a third-page splash of a goose with a speech bubble that says honk. Uh, when she isn't making cute trifolds, she's also the production manager for Bully Poppet Games, arguably much more important. As far as I can tell, being a production manager means she does everything and does it well. It is my absolute joy to introduce Jen Martin. Hello, Jen. Please remind us of your wonderfully Midwestern voice and your pronouns. Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm Jen Martin. I use she, her pronouns. This is what my voice sounds like. Nailed it. Jen, thanks so much for spending time and coming to see me. I really appreciate it. Um, one of the first things I usually get people to do is um, something about this this move has excited you. Can, can you give me like a your 30 seconds on what Masks is and why it excites you? Yeah. So uh, Masks is, um, you know, teenage superheroes. And actually the thing that excites me most about it is the teenage part, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm not actually that big into superheroes, but I am into people figuring out who they are and where they fit in the world. And that's why I like Masks. Oh, lovely. Um, I, uh, I like don't have any superhero, um, Connections, like I watched the Marvel movies, but like I've never really read comics or anything like that. I don't have any of the touchstones that this game talks about, like uh, Teen Titans or Young Avengers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do, like I have been a teenager and I have had people tell me what I am <laughs> and like yep. wanted to assert myself. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, this game is wonderful for just a host Are of you reasons. saying people have put you in boxes that maybe don't fit so well? That's right. And then I have yeah. had to... Um, reject their influence and it's been uh-huh. a wonderful moment or oh my god that move that also great move yes <laughs> oh i really can't wait for you to um see the one that releases in like a week which is from the innocent spit in the face of guidance or influence and it's really good <laughs> yeah it's really solid um being being the hard move uh that this is I guess let's frame first what the move is so that we can talk about it more broadly. Uh, Can you please read for us the move? Sure. Uh, So the drives is on the beacon playbook, and it is choose four drives to mark at the start of play. When you fulfill a marked drive, strike it out and choose one. You can mark potential, clear condition, take influence over someone involved. When your four marked drives are all struck out, choose and mark four new drives. When all drives are struck out, change playbooks, retire from the life, or become a paragon of the city. That's very good. That's very good for a number of reasons. I, I guess, like, I want to talk about broadly the beacon, because this is this is really, uh-huh. this is what defines the beacon, right? Uh-huh. So, in that space, in Teenage Superheroes, what is a beacon? Yeah, so uh, this is why I love the beacon so much, because the beacon is the character who is really excited to be there, but who does not have 
either any superpowers or like strong, useful superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are typically the the innocent, you know, character, the the little brother or sister, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just so jazzed to be there. <laughs> Uh, I think my favorite thing that defines them is in their relationships. The first is another player is awesome and you take every chance you get to hang out with them, which is like Mm -hmm. so super true for the vegan. I adore it. The thing that's really interesting about this move to me is that it is not a traditional move, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't, this isn't when you do a thing, roll plus mundane. It's like a weird extra advancement track that you get to follow. Mm-hmm. It's even got like Can the I same. Can I tell you why I'm so excited about this move? Please. That's was, everything I, I didn't, need. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, when, when we talked about doing this podcast and I was like, oh, I want to do the drives. And then I sat about it. I, I sat there thinking about it. And I was like, why, why am I so into that? Like, there's a ton of PVTA games and a lot of them have like really awesome, amazing moves. And I've played a bunch of them. Why is it drives? And so I thought about it. And the thing I super love about the drives is, you know, you have this ostensibly superhero game where you are playing a character who it's harder for you to do things, right? At every turn, the playbook kind of like makes stuff harder for you and emphasizes the fact that you are not on the same level as these other like, quote unquote, real heroes. But it gives you as the player this amazing agency to make really cool shit happen in the game. Right. You're handing the GM the list of Mm -hmm. what you want to see happen. Mm -hmm. And it's such cool stuff. It's like kiss someone dangerous. Uh Right. Yeah. Drive a fantastical vehicle. So like it's it's such a cool balance of cool. You're not playing this super powerful character. You, You maybe it's harder for you to like influence the plot or whatever. And then here's this move. And it's not even a move like you don't pick it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just you just get it. Um, and so it feels very um, it feels like here's a little bit of extra agency. Right. And yes. I love it so much. It's so great. Oh, boy. I, I need to come back to the agency point because there's a bit when we get to the part of this where like I'm going to challenge you on your assumptions about this. Um, there's going to be a bit where like I do talk about the agency of this. Um, I think one of the big things for this move that makes me really excited about it is that uh, it says choose four to mark at the start of play and it keeps you in this really like tight constrained box. It's never like this This list has what, 20 items on it? Something like I that? I think so, yeah. Um, it, you, don't, you don't have to handle the whole 20 at any one time. You just have four. And even if you... Uh, like you don't have to worry about fictionally pushing towards anything except for the four. And the cool thing is that they operate on such a weird scale of like, mm-hmm. um, oh, some of them are so minor, like, uh, yeah. get drunk or high with a teammate or get a new costume, get a new costume, something that kind of just like, yeah, you could, you could do, but you then could just do that. Yeah. You could just do that. But then there's, there's some of them that operate so fictionally strong, like punch out a teammate or um, outperform an adult hero, like take down a threat all on your own. Those are so wonderful. And you can drive toward those if you want to like have a big one on your sheet at any one time. Mm-hmm. It creates like a weird little goal structure, which I really mm-hmm. love. Oh, God, it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also love about this is that PBTA move structure is very much about um, 
when you engage with a fictional input, like here, here are the list of fictional outputs that can be generated from it. But with this, there's no outputs. Like anything can happen uh-huh. when you kiss someone dangerous. Uh huh. Oh, Jen, what's going to happen when you kiss and someone does. dangerous? Oh. And does happen. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Um, so there are three, there are three outcomes though that come out of it, which is mark potential, clear a condition and take influence over someone involved. Um, there is, uh, influence in masks tends to be like incidental or like tangential in my, tangential in my experience, which is like, you never do a move to take influence over someone. It's just something that kind of happens sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you can get it and maybe you can use it. But, yeah, you're not doing the move for the influence. Hmm. Um, potential is very much the opposite, which is, like, it's really cool to drive towards XP, XP triggers. Um, what, like, what do you think about having those three outcomes? Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, sort of from a UX perspective – like, those are the signals that you give to the player that says, hey, you want to do these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because these are all, like, mechanical levers that can help you do other things, right? None mm-hmm. of those things are, like you said, like, the end of the move. Um, they're sort of the start of something else, right? Mark potential, like, oh, my God, what if you open up a new power? Mm-hmm. Um, take influence over someone, Um or even clear a condition, right? That just opens up more story. Yes. Yeah, more chance for you to go out and get another condition. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's more like fictional or mechanical permission to, like, go get involved in the story in some way. Yeah. I am, um, I think, I think my biggest, like, uh, not frustration with it, but my biggest, like, feelings about misdesign here is that um, there are options. Like, I, I, I kind of, I like this so much that, that I, I would... I feel like players are always going to want to mark potential and I want to give them that opportunity. But I, I, as a GM, want them to always take influence over someone involved because that then feeds uh-huh. into further moves. I would yeah. love it if, like, it was more than just choose one. Like, you got to do them all or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, if the first time you cross out all four, you get potential. And the second time you get influence. And the third time you clear tradition. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's... Uh, and... I think, like, I just I just look at it as, like, uh, I talk a lot about, like, false choices in PPTA games. Mm-hmm. Like, moves that are, like, when you shoot someone on a 7 to 9, choose one. And then one of the options is, like, you shoot them. And like, well, like, that's, that's the thing that I wanted to do. <laughs> we, but we did that part. We covered yeah. that with the die roll. Like, yeah. that's boring. Exactly. It's like, and so, with this yeah. one, it's, like, when mark potential is on the table, like, why, why are we not picking that all the time or whatever? Yeah. Which- I mean, I do like the idea that, you know, like you kissing someone dangerous helps you unlock a new power. Like, Absolutely. That's pretty cool. And that's, and I, and I think like that's the cool thing about drives is that it's not, it's not a fictional input, fictional output on its own. You do a thing and at the end something happens and in the middle is like drives just being all cool and innocent and cute and violent and volatile all on its own. Mm-hmm. So like chaotic. Yes. Mm-hmm. The the thing I really like about the drives is like that's all it says. So I can say kiss someone dangerous and then in the fiction, you know, maybe I kiss my best friend, right? Well, that that could dangerous. be dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like some super villain or something. That's like right. you kind of have this like negotiation with maybe the GM or the other players or whatever. Um, you know, lead the team successfully into battle 
I mean, is, is does success look like saving? I mean, should be saving lives, right? But like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe um, it could mean different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that. You know, there's there's things here. Kiss someone dangerous, but then me and my group get to control how intense or not intense that what that actually means. Yes. Yes. Um, and this is kind of, okay, this is, this is where I do want to break into my conversation about agency um, in that, like, I love, I love that, like, kiss someone dangerous. Um, it doesn't tell you then what the result of that is or how you feel mm-hmm. about it as a beacon. It just says that you do it. What I kind of want to, want to ask about is um, feasibly doesn't drives and the fact that we mark off all drives in the course of playing a beacon mean that like all beacons are going to have very similar arcs or are going to look very samey? I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, if they're all crossing off all the same things, maybe, but since you can interpret the things differently, you have different experiences. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so again, like if I want to kiss a supervillain, that's going to create way different fiction than kissing this best friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really interesting. I like that because, because mm-hmm. um, one thing I don't like about it is it doesn't give you the, the ability to reject a drive in, in the rules of mm-hmm. the, like, it can't, yeah. yeah. Like kiss someone dangerous. So- you, you have to do the kiss. Right. And so this is like my one sort of beef with the move is let, you know, you mark your four drives before play has started. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say I pick kiss someone dangerous, but I end up in like a fictional position of being like, cool, the person who would count as dangerous, like, I don't want to kiss that person. Right. So then that one unmarked drive could maybe like hold you hostage from marking four new drives. Right. If you go oh, by the rules. Yeah, because right? it's when all four drives when are When all four, out. Oh, right? that's, yeah. But I cheat, and it's just like, I'll just tell the GM flat out, like, I changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and, you know, if the GM, like, cares about you and cares about your safety and your comfort, then you just pick a new one. Like, it's not a big deal. Mm. And that's, that's, I think that's a really um, advanced way to play this in, in a way that, like, is more positive to to what my mm-hmm. problem with it is, is like so many of these, okay, because Masks is a game about how you are seen by other people, so many of these demand that other players, whether whether GMs or other players, buy into your drives. Mm-hmm. If it says kiss someone dangerous or, or um, make out with a teammate and you pick that drive and your teammates are like, I don't feel comfortable with your character kissing my character for whatever reason uh-huh. there is there is no way in text is written for us to yep. move past that like and that 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 emotionally stunts your uh-huh. beacon in a way that yeah. uh, feels really uncomfortable to me but also also uh-huh. a- again with my limited experience in teen superhero tropes my understanding is that Wanting to make out with a teammate and being told that you can't is just as formative as actually making out with a teammate. So, mm-hmm. like, if if I, as a beacon, if I have the drive to smooch the amazing bull who is, like, big and strong and, like, incredibly uh, attractive to me, and they say, like, as as a player, and then that rolls into the character conversation of, like, I don't want this to happen that is 
that that is a formative part of my character's like uh-huh. for sure growth. So why can't I mark the drive? <laughs> why? Uh-huh. Yeah. Brendan Conway. Well, and this actually really surprises me now that we're talking about it because um, I used to be pretty close with Brendan mm-hmm. and had lots of conversations with him when he was writing masks, right? Um, lots of mechanics conversations and the way that he approaches writing a move and playtesting it and, you know, looking at it from angles to make sure it's not broken makes me really surprised that this sort of fault is here where you can like back yourself into a corner and then be stuck with one unmarked drive and then have the whole move shut down around you. Cause that is very unlike Brendan. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you just you just cross it off. You yeah, just, you just, you you just know, play the race game. that drive and you mark something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the players are more important than the game. So. Of course. Of course. Um, I, I think that, yes, and I'm not recommending that anyone do this from a play perspective, but the story of a beacon who wants to tick off all these drives and become a paragon of the city, but can't because, like, they have they have unrequited feelings for a teammate uh-huh. that they can never act on is a cool story <laughs> and like <laughs> it's a great story very uh, jenna is possible you brought me the best move ever yay uh, is is a very big possibility <laughs> sorry not sorry no this is so good uh i think i want to talk about the fact that this is this is a, a move where players get to choose their own arc um there is a very clear couple of these that I do not want to see in, like, session one of a beacon, mm-hmm. right? Like, lead the team successfully into battle, get a new hero name. Um, like, I don't I don't want to see someone get a new costume or get a new name before we have be- before we have gotten to the point where we can set up a status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to see them lead the team successfully into battle until I've seen them fail at it a couple of times. Given so we've we've spoken a bit about agency and it'll fold back into that. What do you think about the move not offering players a degree of arc? I mean, especially in masks, which is a game where like the moves and the growth in the moves will teach you. Like you start with no moves that that yeah. you can't control your skills, and then as you level up, you get the ability to like control your powers. What sure, what, sure. what do you think about I it? Mean, yeah. I actually think I slightly disagree with you because yes. I I don't think that the drives um, provide your arc. I think they provide beats in an arc that you define, right? Because you get a new hero name. Maybe it's one that you wanted and maybe it's one that you didn't, right? Again, mm. it's coming down to, um, you know, the fictional positioning in the game is like paramount to the drive being marked off. And the, like, I do agree with you. There's some things that I definitely don't want to see in session one, but there's nothing that says that you have to cross off any of the drives in session one. Mm-hmm. Um, when I played it, I think it took two sessions, two or three sessions to cross off four. Really? And That's then after that, I think I hit another four, but it took, it, it might have taken four more sessions because none of the things are like, little minor details right for the beacon Mm -hmm. and so um g'day movers and shakers the hard move pays its guests for their time and analysis and it's something i'm really proud of especially as we're sustained entirely through patreon 
A big thanks to everyone who supports us, especially to those familiar faces, our episode sponsors, Blake and Kate. Those two have continued to provide awesome feedback and funds that make this work better. A lot of what I'm proud of here is thanks to those two. Patreon backers, uh, like those two and the others that are involved, get access to exclusive full-length episodes. This fortnight, it includes a ton of discussion, uh, not the least of which is a chat about how to use this kind of mechanic when designing PBTA, uh, especially a little chat on Jen's work on an Urban Shadows playbook, The Fallen Angel. I really liked it, and it was a bit of a pain to cut this time as well. Being able to pay for consultative analysis is unique in the indie game sphere, and I can't thank you enough if you choose to be a part of that. For those who can't, I've really been enjoying seeing uh, posts at The Hard Move on Twitter, especially the number of people that got in touch with me saying that uh, they had started playing Monster Hearts again after listening to Andrew and I gaze into the abyss. That was really special. Um, Matthew and I say in that first episode of season two that that our goal is to give you an excuse to to do this in your own time. And uh, I'm really I'm really glad to hear that that's happening. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Fellow fans of The Hard Move, this is Sean Fager, and I'd like to recommend you check out the 200-word RPG challenge. Found at 200wordrpg.github.io, it has, at the time of this recording, a five-year backlog of hundreds and hundreds of tabletop RPGs, each of which takes about three minutes to read. If you want to see a practical study of how to craft dense, play-driving mechanics, you could do a lot worse. That's 200wordrpg.github.io. But I think it does highlight what you're talking about, which is that the potential is not the important part of this. As a, yeah. th- There are these little sweeteners about like potential and influence yeah. and stuff like that. But really what this is saying is, and this is something that came up when I was talking about The Innocent with Ryan, is um, you pick this move or you, you are given this move and you pick these drives because you are a beacon. And if you don't want to engage with drives, just don't play a beacon. Like there are other playbooks out there. Mm-hmm. If you... if um, the reason that you engage with this move is because you want to play the damn game and it's yeah. the, the the move that comes with the playbook that you have chosen. Um, and I think that's, I think that is probably why it is the most frustrating to me that there is no way to like reject a drive when mm. these are given to you naturally. And like, yeah, it just becomes that, that real stunting experience. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Drives are the thing to me that keep your character um sort of woven into all the big shot superheroes right um because in the superhero sort of narrative right there's always mm-hmm. that character who is the underdog who you know maybe doesn't have the powers you know maybe happened into it by accident or whatever but everybody looks to that person right this is the beacon right mm-hmm. everybody looks this is usually the beacon is central to the whole team um and uh yeah lots of stuff happens to that person <laughs> so this was it's a really interesting way to sort of mechanically boil that down right i really like that so because because these drives are an expression of the beacon's growth as a gm and or as other players um how much do you want to lean into helping and supporting the beacon to achieve the thing they want to achieve. Uh, I guess the example is if um, a beacon picks um, get drunk or high with a teammate, how, how much as a, as a, as a, another player, do you want to like push towards that for the beacon? 
Is that mm-hmm. meeting someone on their flag or is it, as I'm worried about, it's you forcing the moment of growth on the character rather than, like, mm. letting the character grow into that? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that there's any universal answer to that. Um, I think if you wanted to sort of keep it secret to just you and the GM, it could be, like, interesting things to sort of have with your player character friends. Although I don't advocate, like, like you know, surprising characters with big things that maybe they won't like uh-huh. um but uh yeah i mean you could you could say you know get drunk or high with a teammate and then maybe the other players don't know that and then you could just say like in the fiction like hey you want to have a drink and and like so you're pushing towards the drive mm-hmm. without the other player necessarily knowing about it um that being said i love all the players being on the same page together right? Even though the characters aren't. Mm -hmm. So the way that I would play it is just tell everybody the things that I've picked. And if they have suggestions or input they want to give, like ideas, right? Oh, I think it'd be really cool if you did X, Y, Z, right? Like, that's that's what I would love. Yeah. And I think think this, interestingly, uh, in a a character that's about like that enthusiastic immaturity, I think this is a move that really benefits from enthusiastic maturity of being mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. I picked drive a fantastical vehicle and scene one, you walk out of the house and the GM's like, there is a fantastical vehicle outside. And you just say like, look, enthusiastic maturity uh, or mature enthusiasm. I am super on board for this, but maybe not right now. Like, can we... Yeah. Can we maybe delay mm-hmm. that a scene or two, yeah. a session or I two? I want to earn my Lamborghini. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Like, for sure. Uh, I'm not. I'm not okay to jump into the Stark Wing Mobile at this point. Um, and I think it's the same thing with the little stuff too. That get drunk or have with a teammate. The like, you know, one of the characters know, or one of the other players knows that you have this drive. They want to help you because they're a good player, and they say you know, do you want to come out to a bar with me? And you're like, actually, look, super appreciate what you're doing. This is not the right time for my character to have this scene. I am happy to do this at a different time. And and I think that's, I think drives is like, you pick the four beats you want, and then it is just an excuse to talk about them at the table. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's- and I was, yeah, I was going to say also, um, it's kind of fun because maybe some people aren't super into superheroes, right? And they don't know the genre. Mm. Um, but mm. if you, if you don't know what you're doing, you just look at that list and like any of those things are superhero game, teenage appropriate. Right. Oh my God. Um, so it gives you these like, like, um, you know, like ideas or like seeds or whatever. Like, I don't know what my character should be doing right now. Cool. I'm going to go do this thing. So I'm having that moment. Um, in the galaxy brain meme, when like you go for like the expanding <laughs> yeah. brain, and and that you've just you've just unlocked this like beautiful <laughs> thing for me here, which is that so the beacon is a a player that sorry the beacon is a character that doesn't really understand the superhero world. They don't really have the tools to engage with everything, and uh, people who play the beacon can share that experience of, like, not having the tools to engage with the story, not understanding what beats are expected of them. And then there's drives just sitting there that are like, if you don't know... <laughs> oh, God, there should be there should be a thing that says, if you don't know what you're doing, play the beacon. And then drives should start with, 
So, you don't know how superhero stories go? Like, here's 20, <laughs> 20 points. Yeah. Oh, Jen, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's such good. a good piece of design. So, one of the things that I did want to talk about is that I, I don't like... I mean, I'll tell you that again, because that's not true. One of the things I did want to talk about is that moves like this, that A, take up so much space on a playbook, um, mm-hmm. B, act in a different way to your standard uh-huh. when you fictional input your fictional output, and C, um, create like a different progression track for players. Uh-huh. Um, yep. It is a lot. And one of the things that I find difficult is when all four players have a version of this and it feels like we're playing four different games. Uh-huh. Um but you've absolutely unlocked there, like, the reason that these are so good. Because when when you don't really know how to Powered by the Apocalypse, when you don't really know how to Teenage Superior, when you don't really know how to Beacon, this gives you four, and it's only four things, and says if you just do these, like, if you mm-hmm. just tick these off, you will be playing the right game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh-huh. here's these little fictional Easter eggs that you can just, you know... Uh, take out when you need one or whatever, mm-hmm. but it doesn't do the move for you, right? And it doesn't it doesn't say anything about how it turns out. Oh, that's very um, good. So I, the way that I look at drives is like, cool, you have a solar system. Drives is Pluto, right? It's like got a weird elliptical orbit. It's not on the same plane as the other planets, right? Mm-hmm. It's still in the same solar system. Yep. It does really cool stuff, yep. but it's. It's different. If you squint really hard, you can call it a move, (laughs) but you are wrong in doing so. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's so good. Uh, The other thing is that because it's not a move that a player just checks a box for, nobody else takes it, right? You cannot get that move if you're another character. Oh, uh, interesting. So that that is the beacons only. That's really interesting. Um, What do you think that says about, like, the fiction that nobody else can have drives in the same mm-hmm. way um i love it because like a lot of these 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 drives the listed items are very iconically having to do with that beacon-esque character right yeah um because if the bull punches someone like they don't they don't need to drive for that they just punch them right mm-hmm. even if it's mm-hmm. or if the you know if, if uh so-and-so like kisses someone dangerous right they just do the thing um, but the, the drives, like they give the player a little more agency, but they also reinforce the fact that the beacon is not like a power player. Right. Oh, uh, unpack that for me a little bit more. I like that. Um, yeah. So, so it's sort of like, it sort of reminds the player that like, Hey, you need this little extra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the secret reason why I love the beacon is because uh, it it lets me work out some of my imposter syndrome. And, <laughs> um, it's true, and um, and and yeah, so like drives are I love them, but also it's like this reminder on a sheet. This is how you achieve things through totally different methods than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I, and I and I I think that. So that I think hit it for me is that because this is the beacons and the beacons only, this is a way of marking potential that doesn't require you to engage with the moves that everybody else is engaging with. Mm-hmm. And that's important is that you can grow on a different axis to everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's what ticks the box for me. Well, and that's, that's the thing about drives is right. Like they don't force you to do anything. Mm-hmm. They don't, 
they don't, they're not actual mechanics. Um, but the cool part is, and this is, this is why I disagreed with you about it, them being arcs, yeah. um, is that every single one of those drives, like that thing happens and like you learn a thing about your character or something about your character changes, right? Yes. None of those drives happen and then nothing changes. Yeah. So it really lets you like get to know this person. Uh-huh. And I love that. And this the, it feeds into really well because of the mechanical outputs of the of the move. It feeds really well into that awesome GM question of like, so what does that look like? And it's uh-huh. like I, I stop a fight with calm words. Cool. Like, what do you do? Do you mark potential, clear a condition, or take influence? Oh, clear a condition. Great. What does that look like? Like, what does it look like for you mm-hmm. to be so um, feelings about uh, stopping a fight that you are no longer afraid or hopeless or insecure? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that's so beautiful is that like, you're right. They, by virtue of being on this sheet, these things, oh, oh, interesting. So it is both that they are written very well in that uh-huh. they, are, they are interesting things that when they happen, things change. But also it is by virtue of being on the sheet, they fundamentally do not leave things the same when they are uh-huh. done. Getting drunk or high with a teammate as... The bull. For some reason, we always seem to talk about the bull in in masks. But the bulls are the bards of masks. Um, <laughs> it's true. You get one at every table. Absolutely. Oh, God, I love the bull. Um, you, a bull getting drunk or high with a teammate can happen, and it can change the character, maybe, or it can just be a scene. Uh, it can tie into existing moves, maybe, if you wanted to. Um, but a beacon doing it. Oh. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, I want to unpack this from a play perspective, Jen. So, you only mark, you only have four chosen at any particular Mm -hmm. time, but you can do these things outside of them being marked on your sheet. Mm -hmm. So, just because I haven't picked the get kiss someone dangerous thing doesn't mean I can't kiss someone dangerous in play. Correct. What what does that mean when it comes time to mark kiss someone dangerous? Mm-hmm. Do I then do like do you have it to kiss again? Kiss someone else dangerous, and like you don't get retroactive credit for those kisses. And doesn't that change the the nature of it? Like when it's not the first time you've gotten drunk or high with a teammate, it's like just the mm-hmm. first time since you've ticked it. Does that does that fundamentally change the scene? I think it could. Um, yeah, I mean you're not wrong. It could. Take a stance. Take a stance, Jen. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me what to believe. Um, I mean, it depends on the drive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on, like, the fiction of the game. Um, personally, I feel like Get Drunk or High with a Teammate um, is, is maybe one of the weakest ones there because it's really easy to go, hey, you know, so-and-so other player, let's get drunk, right? And that one doesn't. It, it's not guaranteed to change uh, their relationship, right? Or change the fiction in like important, meaningful ways. Um, but, you know, all like I think all of the other ones are, are big. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. D- doing it a second time, like that would be hard, right? To get a new hero name a second time. Yeah. Or, you know, stop a fight with calm words. Um, and I think that that's still produces big changes for the character right because like man if you did it one time maybe it's a fluke but the second time what does that say about me and who i am and who i want to be 
That's very good. And oh god, I love that. I love that it's just a different version of uh that it, that it, you're right. It it fundamentally is like something different doing it the second time because it's not a fluke and like therefore ah mm-hmm. oh, that's so good. These beats drive in such a weird way depending on what order you pick them in and how you mm-hmm. tell someone your true feelings for them as a move is very different to telling someone your true feelings for them just mm-hmm. because you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really good. This move is really good. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is a whole thing. Um, yeah. So when I'm, because I am now going to have to go away and design one of these because uh, mm-hmm. you have infected my brain. You are contractually obligated to, yes. Like, yeah, I just, I do this thing where I'm like, <laughs> I start each episode and I'm like, oh, yeah, no drives. Like, drives are a good move. Yeah, no, I'm not going And then three galaxy brains later i'm like i need to design (laughs) everything with drives uh all the time um when i'm designing a move like this how do you decide how much support you want to give to the players uh because uh take down a threat all on your own offers a lot of support to player it tells you exactly what you need to do to tick that box Mm -hmm. um Whereas um, lead the team successfully in battle doesn't provide that much support. It lets you like self-define mm-hmm. a lot of it, which which is valuable as well. So I guess the question is like, how much do we want these drives to be literal, and how much do we want them to demand interpretation at the table? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they it should be varied. I think that there should be um, like a smaller number of drives that are pretty straightforward, right? That it's hard to inter- interpret in like meaningfully different ways um you know get drunk or high with a teammate there's only so many ways you can do that right yeah um yeah but like you know get a new costume outperform an adult hero those are those are very open to interpretation Mm -hmm. um and i think having a mix is really important because then the player can pick the ones that they're really excited about and if that's definite ones great that's what they want if it's less definite ones that's also what they want, and that's fine. Um, yeah, and I guess the the big benefit here is that because it it only ever affects the beacon, like no one else is really. Um, nope, that's not that's not right. That's not the thing I want to say. I guess because it only ever mechanically affects the beacon, um, the scenes will involve other characters, but like no one is waiting for the beacon to tick it off so that they can all Correct. do something together. Yeah, it yeah. it means that as a player, you you can be in control of. Mm-hmm. Um, what outperforming adult hero looks like, and you're never going to feel pressure from other people to for for that to like. It is an important thing as a beacon when you do a thing and uh, Superman turns to you and says, um, "Hey, hey, kid, you've done real well." And the GM looks at you expectantly, and you say, "No, I'm not going to tick off earn the respect of a hero I admire. Like, I I don't admire yeah, Superman. Like, for any, sure. yeah." I, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not how I feel. And that is a cool moment. And the fact that there's no, like, um, the fact that it doesn't affect people outside of the beacon sphere means that mm-hmm. no other players are like, oh, come on, just ticket, ticket so yeah. that we can go to the next step of the game, please. Yeah. I mean, also it's very low stakes, right? If you pick four that you're really excited about and then, you know, you make all your characters and you make your team and you play a session and you're like, Hey, I'm actually really excited about these other, you know, things maybe. 
Like nothing says that you have to check those boxes. Um, it's very like opt in, right? Um, yes, I mean like, the the rules say that you have to. Oh, I see what you're saying. As in, like, right? But you like, can just choose not to, right? Yeah. Uh, and you're, I mean, you're leaving XP or conditions or, you know, um, mm-hmm. influence on the table. But like you said, you're not interfering with anybody else's mechanics. You're not like mm. making the game less fun for anybody yeah. else. You're just sort of regulating your own experience, which I'm 100% for. Yeah. And, and because you've still got the other, the, the other ways mm-hmm. to mark potential and take conditions and take influence, yep. you, you're never told that you have to engage with drives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. I wonder. Hey. I like. I feel like I am in this moment where I could both talk about drives forever, and also like I've kind of found what I want to find from it. I don't know. What? How do you feel? Um, I don't think that I have anything more that I. I'm like I have like a burning desire to say. I uh-huh. do feel like, and I have felt this way about talking to you outside of this, right? That the way that you look at things makes me think like in different directions than I was thinking previously. And so I feel like you and I, yeah, we could just keep like unlocking galaxy brain, but, uh, but yeah, I am excited to be here. So. I'm so excited to spend this time with you. You're my favorite. Yay. The hard move was created by Matthew Grevelin and is hosted and produced by me, Sydney Acris. You can follow the show on Twitter at TheHardMove and find bonus content including full-length episodes at patreon.com slash thehardmove. Music is by Nick Gravelin. You can find his work at nickgravelin.com. You can follow Jen on Twitter at 10pengen, and that's Jen with two N's. Find all her amazing work also at the.kinematic.cafe. Content featured in this episode is from Masks, The Next Generation, written by Brendan Conway and published by Magpie Games. Mark experience.